When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Prescription for Purpose podcast, the go-to space for everyday women to go from surviving to thriving by pursuing a purpose that's truly rooted in faith. And now we're also becoming the premier space for Christian coaches and therapists to finally learn how to integrate faith into their practice without being churchy or limiting their audience. Each week, we'll merge biblical wisdom with practical everyday application so that you can be empowered to excel in every facet of your life and business. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey sis, and welcome back to another bonus episode of the Prescription for Purpose podcast. I am here with another Bible study breakdown. Today, we are getting right into 1 Corinthians 1 and 10. I'm excited because we are going to be deep diving into what Paul has to say to the church of Corinth because they was out here arguing. Hmm? They was arguing amongst themselves. Now, I told y'all before that we are going to be using our Renew Method If you need resources, you can find them within the app or go listen back to our first bonus episode where I break all of this down and why it's important and all of the things. So we're going to get right in. I'm actually going to read. I have my notes here and my Bible. Okay, my physical Bible. If you don't have one, go get you an NLT study Bible. Okay, friend, it's good. It's got pictures and the things, all the things that you need. Get you an NLT study Bible. If you can't afford a Bible, head over to BibleGateway.com. You can get all the translations there. Okay, now I'm going to read first from the NLT, and then I'm going to read from the New American Standard Version of the Bible. The NASB is word for word translated and so that's the one I like to study but I always like to have more than one translation so the scripture says I appeal to you dear brothers and sisters by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other let there be no divisions in the church rather be of one mind united in thought and purpose And I'm going to read it from the NASB. It says, Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there will be no division among you, but that you were made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. This is such a relevant topic because, baby, ain't nobody divided like us. Ain't nobody divided like us. Here's a couple things that... I think we can gather as we start to really engage with the text. Why why are they arguing? (laughs) What are they arguing about? Why like why is Paul having to write? Like who are you who are you talking to and why? Okay? And really finding some context around this. So to do that, we're gonna head over to if you have a study Bible, kind of the blueprint. I'm going to read directly from my study Bible. It says that Paul was addressing church problems. And if 
you really study the word, what's crazy, it's not really crazy, but what is fascinating to me is that Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament and 99.9%, 99.9 outside of like the book of Philemon um, was either for the church, about the church. He's talking to Christian people. Like all of this scripture that we were trying to use against people, Paul talking to us, friend. <laughs> Paul is talking to us. We are the problem. He is solving church problems with church people who are saved and know God. And it took two thirds of the New Testament. And here we are still. Okay. So Paul is really writing. It says, without Paul's presence, the Corinthian church had fallen into divisiveness and disorder. Mm. This resulted in many problems, which Paul addressed squarely. We must be concerned for unity and order in our local churches, but we should not mistake inactivity for order and cordiality of uh, for unity. So meaning just because you speak don't mean that we're united. Hmm. We too must squarely address problems in our churches. And as you read around the scripture of in 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, you see Paul say like in verse 12, some of you are saying I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying I'm a follower of Apollos or I follow Peter or now I, I follow only Christ. Has Christ divided y'all into factions? Was I Paul crucified for y'all? Baby, they was worshiping their leaders way back when. That's crazy. That's crazy. So we find that Paul, who was Saul, okay, he was murdering, murdering Christians at one point in his life, but he goes out and he establishes all of these churches. And he really is like, hey, 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 y'all really need to work together and be of one mind, one judgment. And when you look at all of the denominations of the body of Christ, all of the division, even amongst people who were in the same denomination, like this is so telling and it's so, it grieves my heart because we are supposed to be a body. Like imagine what happens when your kidneys are out here like trying to do their own thing. I always joke and I say that the body of Christ has like this autoimmune disorder of people who claim to be a part of the body, but they're trying to operate outside of the body of Christ. We like we have lupus systemically. We just attacking other parts of the body. It's it's giving crazy. And I want to look at the NASB where it says that Paul, it says, now I exhort you. I want you to understand that this means it's something that's up close and personal. It says, um, it refers to believers offering up evidence that stands up in God's court. How many of us are standing on things that are not rightly divided in scripture? We are all unique people. God has called us to be different. And so many of us are fussing and fighting and carrying on about stuff that don't matter in the grand scheme of things. Or another thing that has really kind of grinded my gears lately is that we are so quick to condemn people and that's not our job. You can rebuke, but I always say that rebuke requires some level of relationship. How are you rebuking me? I don't know you. I don't know you. 
I don't know you. We're so quick to be in the comments of people online and telling them what hell they going to, but we don't have a heaven or hell to put them in. And if we are children of God, if we are a part of the body of Christ, then we should want what our father wants. God could put them people in hell and he hasn't yet. And instead of us trying to um, give truth in love, in love, instead of us trying to give truth in love, we want to condemn people. And that's crazy to me. Now, is there rebuke required? Yes. Correction required? Yes. But if y'all walked up to me off the street and y'all just tried to come to me and be like, such and such and such and such, I'm going to say, okay, girl, God bless you. And I'm going to keep going. It's not going to cause any type of transformation. And that's not a heart issue, but I don't know you to just be receiving words from you. Some of us have been burdened because you just receive any word from anybody and you're not even double, triple checking it. But that's different from when my pastor pulled me, pulled up on me and was like, hey, I got to give you some light rebuke because of X, Y, and Z. You know what? You're correct. I received that. I, like, I have people who will check me, <laughs> but we have to start really making sure that we have authority and authorization to rebuke and that we're rebuking to restore. We want to condemn and cut off. God has called us to rebuke, which should lead to restoration. We don't want to restore people. But the Bible says that God has not come back yet because he wants no person to perish. If that's our father and we love him and we're of his kingdom, that should be our desire as well. So instead of you being Twitter fingers and trigger fingers, maybe you should go pray for that person. And if we're being honest, a lot of us are not praying before we in the comments. A lot of us aren't. I'm not saying everybody. I don't know everybody. But a lot of us are not. A lot of us are not. So we have to ask ourselves, am I moving in unity? Am I hoping to, to bring rebuke for restoration? Or am I just out here talking, causing division? My pastor better than your pastor. Just stuff that don't matter. Did they die for you? He said, did I, Paul? Was I crucified for you? We are to agree. We are to agree. That doesn't mean that we don't have differences. It means that at the very least, we can all, we can all agree that we family. Christ died for us rose on the third like we need to be in agreement paul be paul be going off okay he wrote there's a scripture for here he said mind your business mind your business that's scripture i love i love paul i love paul i love paul but we oftentimes are not seeing the power that the body of christ could have simply because we refuse to be unified mm. So, how can you apply 1 Corinthians 1 and 10? It really is going to require for you to find your biases that you have, set them aside. Set them aside. You're going to have to really get uncomfortable and address your own biases. So, some ways, some things I want you to think about as you evaluate your heart. Ask God how you can contribute to fostering unity within your faith community. And what steps can you take to reconcile differences with others while upholding your Christian values? 
This don't mean you let people walk all over you. This don't mean you stay in abusive situations. But there are some things that you need to reconcile. The Bible says we're supposed to be ministers of reconciliation. That doesn't mean, girl, that you get back in relationship with them. Okay, David forgave Saul, but David did not go back to that man's house. Okay. Okay, please. So reconciliation does not always mean that I'm going to get back in relationship with you. I can reconcile with you and still have boundaries. Next, here's a couple ways you can pick up your sword. Engage in open dialogue with people without being offended. If you see error, pray first. Pray first, pray first, pray first. These are God's people, so can't nobody reach him better than him or reach them better than him. And we just be talking to people crazy and wondering why they don't receive. You need to have empathy, okay? All of us live different life experiences. So there's a level of empathy that we need to have versus um, with people who have different viewpoints. I'm not saying that it's correct. I'm not saying that you condone it always. I'm saying that you can at least say, hmm, I see how you got there. Empathy. Make sure that Christ is at the center of it all. We make ourselves judge, jury, and executioner. We don't be caring about our father wanting no man to perish. That means no man. Even the person who's out here cutting up. I can think of 10 people off the top of my head, especially in the celebrity space. God don't even want them to perish. So are we sticking to the thing that our father said? Are we sticking to what he has called us to, which is for us to go out and minister to people, bring them into the faith, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them how to obey his laws. Some of us just baptizing people and nobody out here doing no teaching. And then you need to be an active peacemaker, okay? Be proactive in making peace with all people as best you can. Again, this is not you being a walking mat. This is not you not using wisdom, but this is really you making sure that you're not allowing unforgiveness to harbor in your heart, that you're able to show up and really be a part of the unified body. So I absolutely am so glad that we talked about this. I'm charging y'all to start being mindful. Now that you know, you got to be responsible, okay? I love you, girl. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.